The book of Nehemiah this morning, and we'll start in chapter number 9. If you're looking for it, it's before Job. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. Nehemiah chapter 9. You know, when a person studies God's Word, there's a number of different ways he can learn things. And there's a number of different ways he can study things. Uh, One of those ways, and this is typically the way that uh, when you hear me preach that I'll look in God's Word, typically what I'll do is I'll take a passage of Scripture, you know, somewhere between, you know, three to ten verses or so, depending on how long that paragraph may be, and we'll look at it and we'll see what's been going on. We'll study the history of it and, boy, we'll learn some stuff. We'll apply it to our lives. Sometimes we can look at just one little verse. I mean, one little quote. And man, there's a, sometimes can be a lot of truth in just that one little verse. Other times, and this is, this is something that typically I, I don't do a lot of, a person will study a topic. You know, they can, they can learn, uh, what does the Bible say about love? And man, they'll look at their concordance and they'll find the word love. And, and they'll find, you know, several hundred verses that have the word love in it. And they'll, man, they'll find some notes about love or they'll say, and what does the Bible say about salvation? And boy, they would flip through the Bible about salvation. Or, you know, I wonder, where does Jesus show up in the Old Testament? Which he does, by the way. You know, where's Jesus in the Old Testament? And man, they'll find Jesus in the Old Testament and, and they'll study a topic. Well, folks, one of the things we're going to study this morning is just that. It's a topic. This isn't something that, boy, is going to be uh, any kind of groundbreaking thing that I can take home with me and I can work on this week. But I will tell you this. This is some things we're going to look at this morning that we need to understand about the spiritual world. This is something that we need to understand that we need to have the head knowledge of to better understand the things of God and the things of the Bible. You know, it's, it, it's almost a, a logical principle. You know, you'll never be able to understand algebra if you don't understand basic math. This is one of those things that I need to have the head knowledge of that helps me understand the Bible. And this is the topic of angels. It's the topic of angels. And boy, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of thoughts about angels that float around today. And we're going to take some of those thoughts and we're going to ask some questions and we're going to compare them against Scripture. You know, if you're like me, the first thing I ever really thought about angels, I can remember being a little kid. I remember watching some of these old you know, Looney Tune cartoons or, or Tom and Jerry. Man, I really like Tom and Jerry. You know, that was, that was one of my favorites when I was a kid. And, and I remember, boy, Jerry the mouse, he would be running around and Tom would be trying to catch him. And Jerry would always outsmart Tom. And, you know, somehow that little mouse would get a piano to fall on that Tomcat. I mean, I don't know how he done it, but he would do things like that. And, boy, whenever that would happen, what would you see? You'd see Tom, he would start to come up from out from under the piano, and you would see all nine of his cat lives kind of start floating up. And, and boy, he would be in this long flowing gown, and, and Tom would be sitting there, and he would, one of them would probably be, you know, upset and mad, and the other one would be playing his harp, and he would have his little wings, you know. And that's the idea we get about angels, right? He, Tom turned into an angel. And sometimes that's the thoughts that, that we have. So when, when people die, do they turn into angels? When I die, am I going to get wings? Am I going to learn to play a harp? You know, that might be kind of nice. Maybe I'd like to learn to play a harp one day. I don't know. I mean, I like stringed instruments. You know, I mean, what, what, what is an angel? Do they all play music? 
I mean, are they, are they people? Are they created? Do I have a guardian angel? You know, are angel these chubby 15-month-old babies that have little wings that, that fly around? You've seen those, right? I mean, the, the little baby, I think that's what Cupid is supposed to be. You know, he's supposed to be some kind of chubby baby angel thing. I don't know. You know, so there's, there's a lot of thoughts. But what we want to do is there's some things that we hear that may be true. There's some things that may be not true. But the fact is... Angels are very, very real. And folks, as God's people, as people that believe in God, we need to understand what the Bible tells us about angels. And we need to understand their purpose, their function, what they are. So what we're going to do is we're going to dig into that a little bit this morning. And we're going to see what the Bible tells us about angels. So first off, we're going to look at Nehemiah chapter number 9. Start with me right here in verse number 6. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse number 6. Thou, even thou, art Lord alone. Boy, he's talking to the Jehovah God. Thou art Lord alone. Thou hast made heaven the heaven of heavens with all their host. Wow, all the things that are in heaven, those angels. He made them. The earth and the things that are therein, the seas and all that is therein. And thou preservest them all. And the host of heaven worshipeth thee. Thou art the Lord, the God who didst choose Abram and brought us him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gave us him the name of Abraham. Our Heavenly Father, again, I pray that you would just help us to understand your scripture this morning. As we look at the many different passages in your word where you seek to teach us about angels, Lord, I pray that you would help us to learn the things that we ought to learn and, and maybe in some way help us to apply them here even to our own lives. And Lord, above all, help us to magnify the truth of God's word. Lord, what you've given us, help us to seek after truth. And it's in your name we ask it. Amen. So folks, what we've seen right here is that there was a point in time where God created it. God created heaven. He created the heaven of heavens. And beyond that, he created the hosts in heaven. So that tells me just like at one time there was no earth, God created it. At one time, there was no place of heaven as well. God created that. And when he did, he also created all the inhabitants of heaven, the hosts of heaven. What were those? Those were the angels. Those were the spiritual beings. Folks, God, he created those. So that means angels are not like God. They aren't these spiritual beings that have just always been. No, there was a time when, when there were any. And God made them. Just like he made Adam and Eve. God made them. He made this set number of them. So what is the idea of an angel? If I had to ask, okay, what is an angel? Well, folks, first off, the word angel is talking about someone that's a messenger. Simply someone that's a messenger. Here's an interesting thought. If you look in your Bibles, and we'll not turn there, but if you flip back to the book of Revelations, way in the back, Revelation, excuse me, there's no S. If you look at the book of Revelation, there is a passage of scripture in there where it talks about these letters that are being written unto the angel at the church of Ephesus. You know who that's talking to? The pastor at that church. Why? Because he's the messenger. He's the messenger of God's word to those people. And so they were calling the pastors of these different churches, they were calling them angels. That's just the, the word that that author decided to use in the book of Revelation. That's what God told him to use. So guys, an angel is a messenger. And if you look in God's word, 
Most of the time, when an angel showed up, what was he doing? He was delivering a message. I mean, you think about Luke chapter 2. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That angel showed up to say, hey, Jesus is born. He was delivering a message. Folks, that's what angels did many times. Now, we know there's a little bit more than what they do than that, but that's what they were. They were messengers. And furthermore, because they were created, okay, God made them. There was a point in time when God spoke and they were made. Angels are not people. Angels are not people. People do not become angels. Look, there was a point in time when I didn't exist. Okay? I mean, if you were alive in 1988, I, I wasn't here. There was no Trevor Martin. I was born in 89. And if you're trying to do the math, I'm 28, I think. Yeah, I'm almost 29. <laughs> it's, it's awful, I know. So and there was a time, a point in time when I did not exist. There was no me. It wasn't like I was in heaven and then God sent me down and now I'm here and then one day I'm going to go back again. That's not the way that works. There is a time when, as a person, I was made. I was given life. I have parents. Folks, angels never had those. God spoke, and all the hosts of heaven were made all at once. God created those spiritual, heavenly beings. Have I ever seen one? Not that I know of, maybe. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But, you know, there's these heavenly spiritual beings. So we know that they're not people. They were created by God. And furthermore, guys, these beings, these angels, they are powerful. They are very, very powerful. Much more powerful than you or I. Now, they'll never be able to exceed the power of God. We know that for sure. But I want to show you something. And we're going to do this quite a bit. If you want to flip to these many scriptures with me, because we've got a bunch of them. I'm going to flip over to Genesis chapter number 19. And I'm going to show you something these angels did. Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 11. Genesis chapter 19, verse number 11. If you remember this story... This is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And these two angels, they come walking into the town of Sodom and they go into Lot's house. And all the people of Sodom, they looked at those two angels who they looked at and thought they were men. They looked at these two angels and they said, hey, we want those guys. Bring them out here to us. And then Lot was saying, no, 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 no. I'm not going to give you their, give them to you. They're in my house. They're under my protection. You can't have them. Folks, look what the angels did in verse number 11. We'll start, actually, let's start in verse number 10. But the men, that's the man outside the door, but the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. The men were the angels. But the men put forth their hands and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut to the door. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great. Folks, the angels did that. When those men were trying to break down the door to get into Lot's house, those angels smote those men with blindness. Now, folks, I want to tell you, they are wielding at that point, they are wielding the power of God. They are the messengers of God doing God's work that have the power of God upon them. So these angels, we know they are much more powerful than you or I. They sometimes have supernatural abilities. Boy, supernatural strength. If we ever see the power of an angel, I believe we would be in absolute awe of the things they were able to do. Now, with that being said, we have these 
these beings are spiritual. Boy, they're, they're not humans. They're powerful. But you know, there's a fancy term that we use for these, and, and I'll give it to you, but don't think too much in it. We say they are in a state of unconfirmed holiness. Uh, that's fancy. But here's what this means. An angel, because they were created, they were created in heaven, in a place of perfection, in a place without sin, right? Guys, when we were born, we were born with a sin nature, okay? We were born already knowing how to lie and knowing how to steal and knowing how to cheat. I mean, you, you see that from, from little ones. They, they, we never have to teach them how to do that. They just, they just know. They just do it. But angels, they were created fully mature, fully to the point of, of having consciousness, fully able to work for the Lord. But they were born sinless, but they were born with the ability to sin. Folks, angels still have the ability to do wrong. Angels still have the ability to go against God's will. Okay? They are in a state of unconfirmed holiness. They, they're, they're in this state of a glorified body in heaven. But if they choose to, they could leave it. We know that because that's what happened with Satan. The Bible tells us in the prophets, you know, in the Old Testament, it tells us that uh, there was a time when Satan, he said to himself, as an angel, he said, you know what? I'm going to be like you, God. I'm going to ascend up to the Most High. And he got pride puffed up and built up in his heart. And when that sin got there, he was cast out of heaven. And the Bible says one out of three angels followed him. They chose that. Folks, that's where Satan and his angels came from. That's where his demons came from. So we know they are in a state of unconfirmed. They're in a state of holiness, but they're not stuck that way. You know, one day when we get to heaven, we're going to have a glorified body. We're not going to have this sin nature anymore. We're not going to have sicknesses and we're not going to have pain anymore. And because we will have chosen the Lord, we will be in a state of holiness. We'll have glorified bodies. Boy, we will even have been able to ascend above what the angels are. Folks, listen. God, he did not send his son to die for the angels. He sent his son to die for you and me. Man, think about that. Man, how much God must love us and how much he must care for us. So we know that they're these, these beings. They're, they're, they're it's capable for them to sin. They're not people. And I know this is a lot of stuff. That's kind of what, what we're talking about. There's, there's a lot of things coming all at once with this. But you know, there's also two groups of angels the Bible talks about. You ever heard of this, the, this, this saying there's seraphims and cherubims? You ever, you ever heard of that? No kind of the types of angels. Well, folks, really quick, there's two types of these, and we'll not turn over here to it. But in Revelation 4.8, the Bible talks about these seraphims. And this is the only place these angels are mentioned uh, in, in this context. There's another scripture that tells us the same thing. But in Revelation chapter 4, verses number 8, it tells us about these seraphims. What they do is they are there just simply glorifying God. That's their job. That's what they do. The Bible tells us these angels, they have six wings. Think of that, six. The Bible says in Revelation chapter, uh, in chapter number four, it says with two wings, they cover their feet. With two wings, they cover their face. Because as a sign of holiness, they're before God Almighty. They don't even want to show their face or their feet before God. So with two, they cover their face. With two, they cover their feet. And with two, they fly. The Bible says they circle the throne and they say, holy, holy, holy. That's what they repeat. 
they just cry out that God is holy, holy, holy. We know there's three parts to God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He's three times holy. And that's their job. I mean, to think of that, that's, that's what they do. They're just there in heaven crying out how holy that God is. And then secondly, we know there are cherubims, right? We've heard of cherubs. I think these are the ones that we see artists draw as the chubby babies. Is that the one that they say are the cherubs? I don't know. I can't remember. But biblically speaking, that's not what cherubs are. Folks, cherubs, they are powerful. Man, these are some angels that when you see... You would not cross these guys. I want to show you a scripture if you're still in Genesis. It's over in chapter number 3. Genesis chapter 3, verses number 24. This is one of the first times in the Bible that we see a cherub. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 24. Folks, when Adam and Eve sinned, part of their punishment was they had to leave the Garden of Eden. They, they weren't allowed to stay. They couldn't be in that place of perfection. So God made him leave, and then he set a cherub angel as a guard at the door of Eden. So we see this in Genesis 3, verse number 24. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So folks, here at that gate... There was this powerful angel with a flaming sword. You didn't dare cross this thing. You didn't dare go near him. They were not allowed back in the Garden of Eden. Folks, this angel was a powerful, mighty angel with a sword that was on fire. This was something that God set there to show them that there was, there was no way back in. If you ever see a picture of the Ark of the Covenant, right? Man, that, you know, some people think that you know, Indiana Jones found it. He didn't. We believe it's in heaven today. You know, we, we can prove that from the book of Hebrews and Revelation. The Ark of the Covenant, if you were ever to see this, it was a box with a golden seat on the front of it. And on each side, there was an angel with wings that went up towards heaven. A full-grown, masculine figure of an angel with wings. And they were on either side of where Jesus Christ would sit, or where God the Father would sit. That was the mercy seat. Folks, these cherubs, they are God's servants. They are very, very powerful. They were always in the masculine form. They were spoken of as male. By the way, again, they're not people. So we can't say that, well, yeah, they're, they're male and female. We can't look at it that way because they're spiritual beings, okay? They don't have physical bodies like we do. But the Bible does always speak of them in the masculine form. I mean, you think when we looked over in Genesis, they were pictured as men. So they're always shown as that way. Now, so that's what we see what angels are. They're spiritual beings. They're not people. They're not babies. They're things that God created. And they're powerful beings that are capable of sinning. They have jobs. They're messengers. Now, here's another question. This kind of starts to hit home with us. Can I see an angel? That's a pretty good question. Can I see an angel? I was reading this story. It was on the internet. And you'd be amazed at some of the stuff you see on the internet. You know, I was reading this story. This girl, she was, she was writing a letter. And she wrote in this letter to, I guess it was a blogger or someone that, uh, that was supposedly some kind of psychic person or something. I don't know. And they wrote this letter. They said, hey, I was driving home with my kids. And, and boy, I was in my car. And as I was driving home, some kind of light showed up on the road. And this blue streak pew, shot across in front of my car. And, 
And I have no idea what that was. Can you tell me what that was? And boy, this, uh, th this person that was writing the letter, and they said, oh, this is such a wonderful thing for you because this means that you have, I forgot what they called it, but they said, you, this means you have some kind of extra psychic ability. And what you just saw was an angel. And part of me is thinking, okay, first show me some Bible. You know, I want, I want to see God's book. Prove that to me. And then secondly, I'm thinking, even if it was an angel, well, which it wasn't. Even if you did see an angel, you wouldn't see a blue streak flying across the, you know, across the road in front of you. I'll never forget one time. This is totally off topic. But me and my buddy, we were in a gym class at school. And we were talking. We were probably like three feet from each other. And we were sitting there talking. I was talking to him. He was talking to me. And my PE teacher, who was probably 10 feet over here, took a ball. And he just hurled it at us as fast as he could. And I think he was probably trying to hit one of us, but he didn't. And instead, the ball went right in between both of us. And we just saw the blue streak come right in between us. And we looked this way, and then we looked back at him, and he was buckled over on the ground laughing at us. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, I don't, can't say what it was that some people might see. But the question we want to answer from God's Word is, can I see angels? Well, there's a two-part answer to that. First off, if you ever see an angel, or if anyone ever does see an angel based off of scriptures, it's not by accident, okay? It's not like someone's just going to be driving down the road and they happen to see a beam of light, like, kind of like if you're driving and you say, whoa, look, hey, you know, there's an elk over there. Boy, that's a big one. You, know, you got lucky. You got to see an elk. That's not the way it is with angels. They're not like these creatures that just kind of happen to be around, and maybe if you're lucky, you'll catch a glimpse of one. No, if an angel is ever seen by a man, I promise you, it was not by accident. You know, this is, you, you were talking about things that are orchestrated by God himself. That there is never happenstance when it comes to things of the, of the spiritual like this. So it wouldn't be by accident. Sometimes when an angel is seen, they are seen in power. And they are seen in glory. We saw that in Luke chapter 2. So can a man see an angel? The answer to that is, if God lets him. If God lets him. Okay? What happened was when Jesus was born, that host of angels, they showed up before the shepherds. Which, by the way, this just hit me this past year. I thought this was cool. Why did the angels tell shepherds that God was coming and not kings? Because Jesus was the Lamb of God being born in a stable. So they went and told shepherds. I thought that was pretty cool. Anyways, so the angel showed up before the shepherds and he said, hey, behold, we bring you great tidings or glad tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. And folks, the, the shepherds, if you remember, they were afraid. I mean, could you imagine if you're just out in the woods at nighttime or early morning, you know, it's, it's dark, then all of a sudden the sky just kind of catches on fire and you see people up there talking to you I'm going to be thinking what did I eat last night you know am I dreaming you know and, the, and they had to look at him and say fear not fear not for behold we bring you good tidings of great joy folks when an angel shows up and if it's in power and if it's in glory that will be something that God has allowed and sent to those people as a message so yes that can happen if it's something God orchestrates. Now, is that likely today? Probably not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because everything we need to know is already here. God doesn't need to give us any new information. He's giving us everything we need to know. 
again, we talked about this a little bit in Sunday school. He told us that in 1 Corinthians. He said, you know, there's going to be prophecies and, and you're going to be getting all this new information. But he said, when that which is perfect is come, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away. I'm not going to have to send an angel to give you a little snippet of information over here. I'm not going to give you a prophet to give you a little word of information over here. One day, you're going to have all of it. And all the little pieces are going to be done away with. Folks, we have all of it today. So we don't need an angel to show up and give us anything else. Furthermore, on that same point, I just keep giving all these things. In the book of Romans, Paul, he said specifically, or excuse me, goodness, I wish I would have put it down earlier. It may have been Galatians. But Paul, he said... If an angel or if anyone else comes to you and gives you a gospel different than what's in this book, you are not supposed to believe what that angel is telling you. That's a, that's a pretty serious thought. He says, even if an angel... So that means if I'm laying in my bed at night and all of a sudden my room starts glowing and I see an angel sitting at the foot of my bed and he starts telling me something different than that's what's in the book, I'm supposed to say, no, no, no. Sorry, Mr. Angel, that's, that's not what the Bible says. I can't believe you. That's a lot of stock in God's word. Folks, we have enough of it here. So can mankind see angels? Empower, yes. Sometimes angels show up in a body. I mean, like, like the way you're looking at me. I'm going to show that to you in two places. First off, again, in Genesis, where we were in chapter number 18 and 19. Genesis chapter 18, I'm going to show you this. And the Lord's actually with them. Genesis chapter 18, verse number 1. Genesis chapter 18, verse number 1. And the Lord, notice capital L-O-R-D, that's Jehovah God. And the Lord appeared unto him, that's Abraham, in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three, watch the word, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. And let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Folks, what had just happened here? And I'll show you some more scriptures to prove it in a minute. You had the Lord Jehovah God showing up in the form of a man to talk to Abraham. And with him was two angels in the form of a man walking with the Lord. Folks, they were in physical bodies. Again, masculine, men. They're always portrayed as men. So they showed up as men and they are talking to Abraham. Folks, sometimes angels can appear in a body if that's what God wants. And when they were having us after their conversation here at the tent, if you flip over right here uh, to the verse, uh, chapter 19, verse number 1. These same two men, if you read the rest of that chapter, these two men walked away and they went over to Sodom. This is where things start happening there. Chapter 19, 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat down in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground and said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet. Folks, that's when, again, 
they were showing up as men. And Lot was saying, hey, angels, come into my house. You're going to stay at my house tonight. But they were there as men. Guys, sometimes we see the angels show up in the Bible as these beings of light that God, he sends them down in that way. And other times, they're here as just, just normal flesh and blood. How that happens and when the Lord does it, we don't really understand all the ins and outs of it, but that's the way God does. By the way, here's something very important, and this is kind of what sparked this whole thought. If you ever see this phrase in your Bible, flip with me over to Joshua chapter 5. This is an important one. I want you to see this. Joshua chapter number 5. Joshua chapter 5 and verse number 13. If you ever see something quite phrased this way, you'll know it's not a regular angel. Joshua 5, 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, am I now come? And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord and his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Folks, whenever someone shows up like this, many times the Bible will say the angel of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. What you are witnessing or reading about at that moment is an appearance of God himself in body. Specifically, we could probably say that's Jesus Christ because we know he's the part of the Trinity that has the body. But he hadn't been born yet. Yeah, I know. John 1.1 1, 1 says he always was anyway. So folks, we know that's him showing up. Here, I'm going to prove it to you. He says he is the captain of the Lord's hosts, right? He's the captain of the army. Look at what he says in verse number 15. Joshua, loose the shoe from off thy foot for the place whereon thou standest is holy. Folks, we do not, we do not worship angels. We worship God. We do not worship angels. We worship God. Never has an angel anywhere in Scripture ever asked for worship. At best, an angel has just said, hey, don't be afraid. You know, this is, this is of the Lord. That's at best. Here, when this guy shows up, he says, take off your shoes. You're standing on holy ground. Folks, that's God. So if you're in the Old Testament and you're reading about something that's an angel and it says an angel of the Lord, all capital letters, that is Jehovah God. And we can pretty much take that to the bank. That's talking about God himself. So that means when we read about something like, hey, maybe in the Old Testament when there's the Passover and the angel of the Lord came through the camp and the firstborn of every household that didn't apply the blood that they passed away, Folks, that's the angel of the Lord, Jehovah God. That was him. Folks, that was God in spirit. 
Folks, we need to understand these things. And when we see the Lord, that's not talking about an angel. We understand that from this passage because of that worship. So we see sometimes when we see angel of the Lord, go ahead and take a close look at it. See if it's God himself. Now, so we've seen, can I see angels? Yeah, if God lets him. I mean, what is an angel? Well, it's not a person. It's a created being. Sometimes they show up in a body. So here's another question, and then we'll, we'll be finished up with this one. Okay, because I know we've gone a little bit long. Can I interact with angels? You know, hey, do, do I have a guardian angel? Some people say, hey, if you're ever stuck and you're in a pinch, just call on your guardian angel to come and give you a hand. You know, can, uh, can, can I call on the host of angels? You know, uh, you know do, uh, do, do I, can I interact with them in this way? Well, there's nowhere in scripture that tells us that we have a specific guardian angel. Okay, you, you, can't, uh, you can't find that. You know, just because I'm saved and, I, I have, and I'm a Christian, that doesn't mean I have a guardian angel. First off, let me say this. I have something better. Okay, if I'm saved, I have the Holy Spirit. I have God himself. What do I want to call a guardian angel for when I can call the man that created him? You know, I have the Lord. I don't need an angel. I've got him. And if he needs to, he can send some angels to help me out. But I have God himself. So I'm going to show you two ways that we interact with angels. And sometimes maybe even we don't know it. Hebrews, the very back, pretty close to the back of your Bible. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 2. Hebrews chapter 13, verse number 2. We'll read verse number 1 and 2. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Folks, let me tell you something. Sometimes... There will be an angel based off of this scripture. Sometimes that we could be talking to an angel and not even know it. Folks, the scripture is telling us like, hey, make sure you're good to everyone. Make sure you're good to strangers. Make sure you show kindness to everyone because you could be entertaining an angel and not even know it. Folks, the Bible already showed us back in Genesis that sometimes they're here in front of us just like a man, just like anyone else. You might not even know. You know, we could be talking to a complete stranger. Maybe he's here for a day. We shake his hand in passing and that's the end of it. That could have been an angel sent here from God. We have no idea. So can we interact with angels? Sometimes we do. And it's very possible that we have and, and don't even know about it. That's kind of an interesting thought, isn't it? Knowing that they could have been here. You know, I've got some stories and, and we'll, I'm not dive into it of people that, who honestly believe they were able to or had the opportunity to speak to an angel. And they have some reasons, but that's for another day. So we know that they have them there physically that way. But when it comes to uh, having some specific angels that we, that we have around us and near us, I've got another scripture I want to show you in 2 Kings chapter 6. Now we're going back to the Old Testament again. 2 Kings chapter number 6. And I love this one. I wish I could have been here for this. 2 Kings chapter 6. In verse number 17. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse number 17. What's going on here is Elisha the prophet. He was hanging out with a young man. And this man, he was looking around and, and he was looking at some, at some problems they were getting ready to face. And he was afraid. 
He didn't see how there was be any way they were going to get out of this pinch. Look what happened. Verse number 16 of Second uh, Kings 6, 16. And he answered, Fear not, for they be with us are more than they that be with them. They were getting ready to be at battle because of the great host they saw. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Folks, what was happening was this. Elisha and this young man, they looked and they saw these men that were getting ready to come after him. I'm talking about like battle, sword drawn, that kind of stuff. And this young man that was hanging out with the prophet Elisha, he was afraid. Elisha, how are we going to get out of this? What are we going to do? Elisha said, you don't understand, do you? So Elisha bowed his head and said, God, show this young man how powerful you are. And immediately his eyes were opened as it were. And he looked around. The Bible says he saw a mighty host of angels with chariots and swords drawn ready to fight with them. So did he have a specific guardian angel? No. He had a whole army there with him. Boy, that's a pretty neat thought. To know that all he had to do was pray and ask God to help him. And he had an army of angels ready to fight and to be there with him. So folks, I have the Lord with me, ready to send whatever I need when I need it. And can I talk about the other side of this for just a very brief moment? Are angels real? Yes. Can I see angels? It's possible I already have and don't even know about it. It depends on whatever the Lord wants. Are angels people? No, they're created beings. Are they perfect? No, they can sin. Hey, that's where the demons came from. On that same note, folks, we can't see them. It's entirely possible based off of what we just saw in 2 Kings that they are here in this room right now. We have no idea about it. It's just this is where they are. They're spiritual beings. That being said, they see us. They watch us. They know us. As do the fallen angels. As do the host of Satan. Folks, it is not up to me to go digging into things of Satan because they are just as much real as the angels of God are. If we ever have a question about unclean spirits, demons, what does the Bible say about Satan? If we have a question, this is where we go. God's Word. Because God already told us everything that we need to know about those things. I don't have to go playing with a Ouija board to figure out what I need to know or wonder if it's real. Listen, that stuff is entirely more real than any of us would ever want to experience or believe. And so let this also be a warning to us. Let me tell you a story real quick. And this is out of God's Word too. Folks, there was a time in God's Word when in the New Testament, God's men, they were casting out unclean spirits. And, you know, that, that was, they were the apostles. They had the power of God. And they went and they were casting out this unclean spirit. And these other men, they saw him do it. And they said, hey, we can do that too. And so they went over to some other guy they saw that had been messing around this stuff. And they wanted to fix the problem. So these men high in the riches, they said, hey, you unclean spirit, you come out of that man in the name of Jesus that Paul over here preaches. And you know what that unclean spirit said? He said, hey. Jesus, I know him. And this is the scary part. He says, Paul, I know him. But who are you? 
And then in turn, he left that man and went to the other guy. Folks, the point being was that that unclean spirit knew all about Paul. He'd watched him. He'd seen him. Folks, they've been around before us. They've been around since before the beginning of time, before the creation of the world. That's where Satan was. He was there. Folks, they know all about us. They know more about Scripture than we do. They were there when it was written. They've been in heaven. They are more powerful than we are. But they are not more powerful than God. So let this also be a blessing and a warning to us as well. Yes, boy, we have the God with us. And, and He can send angels to our aid when He needs to. But it's not something that I'm going to go looking for. I am not going to go looking for a blue streak across the street. Okay? I, I'm not going to be wanting some kind of being of light to show up in my bedroom at night. I'm not looking for those things. I have God's Word. And I'm not going to go playing around with, with, with occultic and Ouija boards and other things to find out, hey, I want to see just how real the spiritual world is. Trust me, it's real. God has showed us everything we need to know when it comes to those side of things. So folks, again, this morning, I realized this message was a little bit different. It was very informational, it was factual, but it's some things we can also take to heart and use as information when we go to study God's Word. So when we hear other things, when we get out into the world, when people start talking about the spiritual world, when they talk about angels, I might not know what someone may have seen or what someone may not have seen, but I can know based on God's word what angels are, what they're for, what they do, why God created them, where they come from. Angels are not my, you know, my passed on great-great-grandfather, okay? They're beings that God has created. And so we can talk, you know, we can go on about this for hours. But anyhow, let's just let this be a lesson to us as to what these angels are and what they're for. So if we could, let's just have every head bowed and we'll have every eye closed. And if there's any kind of lesson that we can take away from this this morning is this. We don't have to go calling on some kind of guardian angel. Folks, we have the Holy Spirit with us. We have God with us. We can call on Him. I don't have to call on an angel. I can call on God. And folks, let's trust Him to take care of us when we need Him. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we love You. I'm so thankful for all that You've done in and through us. And thank You for Scriptures and what we can learn in it. Lord, I pray that You go with us. And Lord, I pray that here in these next few moments during our time of invitation, Lord, I pray that no one would leave here with a a problem or a burden on their heart. But Lord, I pray that You would work in hearts even now. So folks, with every head bowed and with every eye closed, as our piano softly plays, if there's some kind of need on your heart this morning, I just want to encourage you to take that to the Lord. Folks, the Lord loves you. He loved you enough to die for you. He didn't even do that for His angels. God's more powerful than they are. He's all present when they're not. Folks, let's turn our eyes towards Him. Let's do our best not to get wrapped up in the mysticism of the world. You know, Satan can use those things to distract us. Let's keep our eyes on Him. Our Heavenly Father, again, we love you. 
Thank you so much for another good day you've given us today. Lord, I'm so thankful for this Sunday where we can just come together and where we can worship you and we can honor you. Lord, I pray now as we get ready to go our separate ways this afternoon, Lord, help us to keep our hearts and minds focused on you and bring us back here together safely tonight. Lord, may we just honor you with all we say and with all we do. For it's in your name. Amen.